was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. And that's who traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve... For our children. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a great show for you. This is John Ashbrook. I'm here with Michael Duncan, Hollywood Hen, and Matthew Foldy, a special guest here in the studio. Smug, Smug and Holmes are not here. The inmates are running the asylum. Yeah, Smug is at a social media convention in Sun Valley. <laughs> He's learning how to get better at Twitter. We encourage that sort of thing here at the show. <laughs> no, look, I think it's going to be great. You know, I think it's going to be great. Uh, we got a big show here today. Uh, we have a special guest, Libs of TikTok. Hen does the um, interview. Yes, I'm very excited for Libs of TikTok. It's, uh, it was a great, it was a great interview. Great kid. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I was not sure she was going to do it, but I slid it right into her DMs, and she agreed. H- <laughs> how about <laughs> how about that intro uh, from Joe Biden? Uh, you know, talking about his, his long history with the Chinese Communist Party's ruler. Did you hear what he said at the end? I, I don't know that. Don't know that for a fact. Yeah, <laughs> he just <laughs> makes I mean, it up. I mean, he mumbles and makes it up, I mean, and then moves on. It perfectly encapsulates his entire presidency when you think about it. You know, the guy just sort of stumbles around, doesn't get to the point, and then says, "Ah, oh, well, I don't know that for a fact." He literally might be the worst president we've ever. But had. you think think about it like this, man. I mean, with all the revelations with Hunter Biden, the laptop, and the connections to this Chinese business partner that Hunter had, and they were setting up an office in Georgetown and asking for keys for Joe Biden. You would think, like, if you were on the comm staff after this, you would say, you know what, Mr. President, maybe right now is not the best time to talk about how close you are with the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a so, great point. Yeah. Um, how about, it, how about, should we do a five star? I think we should do a five star. Do you want to do the first one? No, why, why don't you do the first one? I'll do the second. Okay. Okay. Uh, the title here five stars for content, but dot, dot, dot from uh, Reverend Torque. Oh, no. I think we're going to get a tongue lashing here. I would argue that the Ruthless uh, program has changed my life, but that's a strong statement coming from clergy. I owe a real thanksgiving to the host for their enlightening takes on politics and what is going on today. But I have a few concerns. Oh, no. I'm, I apologize. He says, yeah, this, uh, uh, this he says my virgin ears are bleeding from their use of choice language on occasion, especially when they are mad about something. Sorry, I can't help it when I'm mad. I also learned in the last episode how some people entertain themselves on domestic airplane flights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was rough. I, I would say in our defense, uh, we had a disclaimer at the top. You know, it was... Uh, That's true. That's true. People were warned. People were warned. Uh, he goes on to say, they call this, quote, family programming. Uh, but I think they only mean this in how one starts a family. <laughs> not, how one ma- not how one maintains one that has already been started. <laughs> I want to make a promise to the host. Should you ever do a show in Wisconsin? I live in Waukesha County. 
I promise to hear your confessions and announce forgiveness as long as there are a sufficient number of tears accompanying your confessions. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. Uh, it's either that or I wash your mouth out with soap. All kidding aside, listening uh, past your penchant for va- foul verbiage, I have learned a lot from your analysis and actually find the program the most entertaining program of its kind I have heard in a long time. Keep up the good work. Looking for a red wave that lasts a couple of generations. Man, that is that that that's high praise. It's high praise. Makes me feel a little bad, but we're not going to change. I'm sorry, but we will try to repent. Well, here's one more five star. This one's titled "Voice of Gold." <laughs> Hold just, on, just dying to Hold read on. this five star. <laughs> this is now. You should see him. He's sitting up straight, leaning forward. This He's is all like in. this is like a new theme of the five stars. Is 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 Ashbrook manages to shoehorn in one <laughs> that's about Cincinnati or himself, <laughs> or I, both, or both. Well, let me just continue. <laughs> this one once again is titled "Voice of Gold." And this is from the CEO of Prestige Worldwide. This is a dignified uh, poster, if I do say so myself. That's from Step Brothers, right? The movie? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm an original listener since day one, and I love the program. But I have to write this one about a life-changing experience. I recall distinctly driving in my car, listening to your social media intern, (laughs) Mug... Describe fighting horses when a game was announced. King of the Hill sounded like a great idea, and I was excited. But as we went to ringside, there was a sound coming through my speakers that was too beautiful to describe. <laughs> are you paying? Are you paying people Seriously? to write? I'm literally not. I'm literally people are people want this. They the they people want cry the, out. They they like the show. People like the show. <laughs> Let me just continue. He continues. She continues. We're not, we're not sure. Ashbrook's alt continues. It was as if Michael Buffer and James Earl Jones had produced a love child. I nearly wept listening to this voice of gold. It's indescribable. But I can only guess it was a voice that was nurtured by the magic combination of Skyline Chili and Grater's Ice Cream. Thanks for making us laugh and keep keep up the great work, fellas. It's a good re- it's a good review. I mean, he's it's not wrong. Your he's radio wrong. voice is really good. It's Thank incredible. You, yeah. It's incredible. Although I would say I think what's happening here I you know what? In your defense, I don't think that you are paying anyone to write these. I think when you read the first one, we all laughed so hysterically that now any person who listens listens to this in the Ohio area is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna top it. Yeah. I think I and think make sure I get on. Right. Yeah. If you want yeah. five exactly star, right. Yeah. And I think you have to write about Ashbrook. That's exactly. I think that's one of the great things about our audience is that they get that they're also part of the bit. Right. Yes. They're part of the that, joke. That yeah. This is this is this is a friendship program as duncan likes to say often yeah and uh, and this is this is a part of a big community yeah they're we part of our show. they're part yeah. of our clique yeah well speaking about a part of our clique part of our community we have matthew foldy back on for five minutes for foldy uh it, it, this one might be a little longer than five minutes but i think given all the news around some of your stellar reporting thank you uh we had to have you come back on so for our new listeners or people who, who maybe missed that episode of, of you coming on recently to talk about, uh, you know, Democrat offices. Um, can you give us a, a little bit of background on those stories that you worked on on that? Well, it's great to be here with the talent behind the program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Look, this is this has been an open secret in Washington for months that House and Senate Democrats are not working in person or maybe at all. And I decided a couple weeks ago to gain access to our government. It's actually incredibly difficult to just walk into the House and Senate. You need an escort in the House in particular to walk around the government that we pay for, right? And I simply took pictures and videos of Democrats whose offices are closed and locked. I went during- With timestamps. With timestamps, some of which have seemingly been questioned by my fellow journalists. I walked around during business hours when restaurateurs and people like you and me are working. Right. And their doors are locked. In many cases, they have papers piled up. Maxine Waters fittingly had 72 packaged bottles of water sitting outside her <laughs> office. No one's been there. And um, and I simply documented this. This is something that the Capitol Hill Press Corps walks by every single day. Right. And has never once remarked on, even though they're actually in a position of privilege to report what's happening in the government that we can't gain access to. So I wrote this a couple weeks ago about how DC Democrats are not working. I just did a follow-up about how it turns out that their constituent offices that we pay rent for are also closed. Their, their offices back in their states. Back in their, in their states districts, and districts, yeah. straight up closed yeah. and locked. In some cases, many of these people are angling for promotion, like Tim Ryan in Ohio, now running for Senate. But all of these people are angling for re-election and uh, they're not showing up to work. So I did the job of the DC press corps by documenting how Capitol Hill is closed. After we published several offices like Chuck Schumer's that was closed during business hours when I visited, the next day he sent a staff assistant in uh, to open his office. But um, no, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it, it, it's, it's incredible because like you said, uh, there is a Washington DC Capitol Hill yes. press corps hundreds of these reporters with credentials that can go into these buildings who walk by closed offices every single day and never think, boy, maybe, maybe that's a story. Nobody cares about that. You know, it's, it's a secret that they don't want the people knowing. Well, you know what it reminds me of a few cycles ago when the, this same Washington, D.C. press corps criticized Republican members of the House and Senate for not holding enough town hall events. Yeah, yeah. Rightfully you, so. You, you had reporters posting should, their schedule being like, I don't see any town halls on here. If, if, what are they hiding from? So so you do all of this reporting. You do the work of the Washington Press Corps and this local press corps. And uh, the result is a couple of things. Like you pointed out that some of the offices sort of quietly reopened, right? That they had a staff assistant come in, maybe clear out the old newspapers to make it look like they haven't been you know, avoiding doing their jobs for two years, right? That was part of it. But then now there's another part of it. There is another part. And in in particular, what's caught my eye is what's been going on in Nevada. Um, Of course, I'm biased to that fact because we work for Adam Laxalt in that Senate race. But what I noticed is two things. Number one, a little pushback from the press from the Nevada Independent. Uh, This is from Umberto Sanchez from the Nevada Independent. He wrote this, and this is seriously his headline. Open and staffed. Open and staffed is the the headline. The congressional offices of Senator Catherine Cortez Masto in Las Vegas, Reno, and D.C. have been staffed and open for business, according to spokeswoman Lauren Wodarski. Quote, our offices, including the Washington, D.C., have been and continue to be staffed in person and open to assist Nevadans, including our Washington, D.C. office. Blah, 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 blah. 
Another but quote. Can, can I can I just stop you right there? Yeah, it's one of the worst kept secrets on Capitol Hill that Masto's office has been closed, locked, shut, lights off for months, two years even. There are other offices open. Jackie Rosen, she's a senator from Nevada. Her office has been open. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later here. But you go. You want to keep reading the liberal story? Well, well, no, no, because we get to that point. <laughs> but later in this thing in the Nevada Independent, according to Cortez Masto's office, signs in the entrance of her Las Vegas and Reno congressional offices that said her staff were teleworking and requesting visitors first schedule an appointment were mistakenly left up. Okay, left okay. Up. So, so wait so, a minute, wait a minute. For is a year. That, is that, that's the press secretary's words to say that they're mistakenly left up? Yeah. Or that's the words of the of the story? Did the there's, story... There's no report, there's no reporting in here. All we have is stenography work for the spokeswoman of Catherine Cortez Masto. There's no independent reporting. At no point in this does the reporter say, I went to the office. There's no, the reporter doesn't cite some source other than the, the, the doesn't cite a constituent who is there a went picture? to the office. There's a picture. There's not a picture. There's nothing. Just the fact that, that Laxalt uh, said that the office was closed. And so then it's a liability for Masto. So what happens here? Now the Nevada Independent writes, you know, 200 words defending her doing stenography work for her campaign. Nevada Independent sounds it sounds like a a, a, a you know normal publication. Ashbrook it's independent. Do you, do you know who's in the name? Do you do you guys know who funds the Nevada Independent? Do you have do you have any idea who's someone who's written a check? I know it's a dark money C4. Well, do you know Steve Sisolak, the governor of Nevada has written a check to the Nevada and so it's literally funded by a politician, a Democrat. A Democrat politician from Nevada. So there's no reason to ever read this publication and assume that they're telling you anything other than what Democrats want you to know. So that's not enough for for Masto's press office. You know, they're still taking some incoming on this you know, horrible story uh, about how she And not that's doing not her to job. say let me just let me just step back for a second. That's not to say that some of the reporters who who work there aren't uh, aren't fair. I, I I do have a lot of experience with some of the reporters who who work there, and I got to be honest with you, they're fair people. I just think the editorial process is very defined by the donors who are Democrats. I want to just give you some quick context on what open for appointments actually means. Sherry Bustos, a congresswoman from Illinois who ran the House Democrats campaign committee last cycle, her office in Peoria has signs on it that say we're open for appointments. Right next to that are three UPS stickers saying, we missed you for delivery, dating back <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Open for appointments means you're closed. Right. It, it means you're closed. And the Cortez Masto line here is that we've missed, we've been working in person, but every day we walk by the door with a sign on it that says, we're not working here. For nine months, according to Cortez Masto's team, they walked by a sign that says, we're not here. They they open that door. They, open they that turn door. they turn on the lights. They pour a cup of coffee. They work yep. all day and they leave that sign up. They expect you to fucking believe that. We all know it's bullshit. I mean, I think these reporters. The know Nevada it's bullshit. Independent does not. Well, believe that. so so they, the, I think I actually think they do know it's bullshit, which is why they wrote the story the way they wrote it because they want to cover our tracks. Well, so speaking of covering tracks here, <clears throat> that wasn't the only story. We also have the Las Vegas Sun. Jessica Hill over there writes that narrative that incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto isn't making her 
office available for in-person public appointments is only seeking constituents by telephone appointment. The accusations, and this is where you come in. There we go. The accusations originated from a story in the conservative Washington Free Beacon in which it was reported that a, quote, cleaning not required sign was hanging from a closed office last month. This is again, this is a reporter who says they're simply not true. So she's calling you a liar. I have a lot of thoughts on this. So on March 7th, I was walking around the Senate. At 1.57 p.m., I'm looking at my <laughs> the timestamp on my phone. 1.57 p.m., I walk past Catherine Cortez Masto's closed and locked office. This is the cleaning not required sign. It says, all caps, cleaning not required. Visible from the outside. Instructions for room occupant. Remove this tag from your door when you arrive. Place on the inside doorknob so it is not seen from the hallway. Do not place this tag on the outside of your door when you leave for the day. So this is something that everybody was putting on the inside of their doors to show that they've been there. Or to show that they don't show up. Right. right. You know, I mean, there, there's there's a clear premeditated uh, effort to conceal. It's sitting it's right there. It literally says that. They're, yeah. they're trying to conceal. And, and they're not. I mean, that that didn't make it into this story here by Jessica Hill. So do not. This sign was on her door. And now they are saying that you should not believe your lying eyes. This do not clean sign actually doesn't exist. Well, it is real. And you're right. She did call me a liar. But normally in journalism, if you're going to do that, you are required by the either written down or unwritten code of journalistic ethics to reach out to them. So she, did you hear back? Did you hear from them? I never heard anything mm-hmm. from her. And she's been doubling down on this reporting without ever reaching out for comment. I don't, I don't, I could never run that story right. at the Washington Free Beacon because we have incredibly talented editors. My boss, Brent, best in the business. I could never have gotten that past him on a, on a first draft. And they went to print with this without ever reaching out to me for comment. And this is publicly available, the photo with a timestamp right. of Cortez Masso's you, you tweet You tweeted all this stuff out. They're, yeah. they're, you're not hiding the ball here at all. There's yep. no reason why she had to leave any of that out of this story. But maybe she didn't reach out to you because she's got a friend. She's yes, got she a has friend. a friend. She has a friend has in D.C. Fr- and being a journalist, it's hard to have friends as a journalist. <laughs> so, you know, props to Jessica for having a single friend. She says, uh, and this is again from, from the article, we had a friend living in D.C. Go and check it out. Wow. And they found the office up and running Friday afternoon. They talked with a Capitol Police officer who said all the offices in the building were open, but visitors were required to make an appointment. So let me get this. Did this this friend have a time machine that went back in time last month to prove that the offices were open? No. If they did, she would probably have had to say that. <laughs> and if, if, if there's a friend in D.C. who has a time machine, I would like to join and and go back in time with them. But... This is everything in that statement is not true because there are still Senate Democrats whose right, offices right. are closed. Well, see, and, and, and here's here's the rest of this. She says the officer noted that the Senate office building rules are changing every week and it is difficult to predict when the buildings will be fully open to the public. Those restrictions are not just for Cortez Masto's office, but all the offices in the building, he said. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. Completely wrong. And you, the fact that they re- went to publication with that is, even by the standards of fake news of today, astonishing. I'm, she has a friend. She right. verified nothing herself. Right. This is an anonymous 
friend who's saying that actually because Cor Catherine Cortez Masto's office was open this past week, right? It, then it, it also nullifies. was open yeah, it, a year ago. It nullifies oh, that, it nullifies. It's weird how that works. Oh wow, you know. I do. I do love the because fact, Tiger Woods right. was golfing at the Masters that I'm sure you'll want to talk about. Right. Because he was golf that nullifies his car accident. Right. He is did, that is that how it works? He couldn't have cheated on his wife. He was golfing. He was yesterday. golfing. Yeah. <laughs> according according to your unnamed friend. It's just it's un it's unbelievable. Well, I I just I gotta say, Foldy, um, I can't believe they're doing this to you. I can't believe they're doing this to the truth. People in the audience know that uh, that the mainstream legacy media is a protection racket for Democrats, and the Las Vegas Sun has once again proven them right. Sadly, you're correct. Thank you so much, Foldy. I really appreciate it, Gents. It's a pleasure to be with you, but most importantly, with Amanda. Thank you. I appreciate the shout out. Uh, on a related uh, story, we couldn't leave this out because uh, it's not just office closures. Uh, proxy voting uh, by Democrats has been abused over these last two years. Basically, you know, for our listeners, uh, these Democrats have been not showing up for work, not voting in person uh, since the pandemic, using this proxy voting system to basically do whatever the hell they want, be wherever they want to be. And basically work on Zoom. Uh, we have an article here that says that, quote, data shows that U.S. Representative Kai Kaheli, is that how you pronounce that? Uh, from Hawaii, congressman from Hawaii, has used proxy voting more than 99% of his colleagues in 2022, yet refuses to explain his absence. Wait, I think, I think Michael, we've, we've read an explanation for the absence. What's that? Well, it turns out the guy's actually holding down another job. <laughs> it turns out representing the people of Hawaii is not his first concern in life. He's actually a pilot. It, yeah, uh, here from the article, it says that he continues to work as a Hawaii Airlines pilot, a job that paid him nearly $120,000 in 2020, according to his most recent House Financial Disclosure Report. As a member of Congress, he earns an annual salary of one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars. I didn't know you got a side hustle when you were in I Congress. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that was allowed. Right? I, you, I, it's not. It's not. It's it's looked down upon because <laughs> people who vote for you assume that your you're working job for them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it turns out he's working for himself, like a lot of other Democrats in Congress. I want to add one one final thing on this proxy voting that we reported at the Free Beacon because even though. This would be a Capitol Hill press corps story. None of them ever reported on the rampant abuse of proxy voting by House Democrats. It's a policy only in the House. Pelosi extended it until May because they are in permanent pandemic mode here. Uh, but to, to request a House proxy vote, and we've talked about this in the past with Frederica Wilson, who literally did not vote once in person in all of 2021. To request a proxy vote, you have to explain your reason. And the most popular reason right now is the coronavirus. You cannot leave because you live in fear for your life. Well, my colleague and I went through House Democrats' public social media posts and payments on the FEC, and we found, actually, while they are claiming to be afraid of coronavirus, they are campaigning with Joe Biden, right. they are doing Democratic debates, they are fundraising, right. they are flying around the country, and now they extended this policy yet again to allow Democrats like Kai Kahili to fly around as an airplane pilot. I guess he's probably happy he's not doing it on Southwest. Well, on, on April 4th, he says, 
that he wants to do proxy voting because of the quote due to the ongoing public health emergency it hasn't stopped him from flying. What they're what they're <laughs> what they're doing is lying. Right. And they're Democrats, so they know they can get away with it because the press will not hold them accountable. The media and the Capitol Hill press corps, these are people who go to work every single day on Capitol Hill. They are preserving this fiction that Democrats are doing what they're supposed to do for the public because <laughs> because it's a I mean, it's because back to, they're Democrats. Back to the Masto. They're just helping out the people they believe in. Back to the Masto thing again. You know, district offices closed appointment only meetings do you think she was doing major donor events by appointment only she was doing fundraisers in person around the country with no masks and no social distancing you you wrote an article i think foldy or someone else at the free beacon did about uh that she while her offices were closed in nevada and washington dc she went to some gala in dc to accept some award. Yeah, my colleague Colin Anderson wrote about her receiving a swanky uh, award from a DC in-person gala while her offices were closed (laughs) in Nevada. It's a complete fiction. They just just pee on us and say it's raining. You see this with the gridiron dinner where Democrats and the media, I somewhat repeat myself, at the gridiron dinner, Jamie Raskin, a congressman from Maryland, was there, and they all got COVID at this, right? This is the super spreader event where 60-plus people got coronavirus. Jamie Raskin, I went to his office in Rockville, closed, locked to the public. There's even a little note jammed in the door by a constituent saying, I'd like to talk with your office about something that's really important to me. Just sitting there. Unbelievable. So, yeah, the, the the media and and the only people in America right now who are working remote are Democratic elected officials and journalists. These people deserve to lose. The red wave will happen for a reason. It's because normal people... And this, these are people who vote Republican, who vote Independent, who vote Democrat. These are people who are fed up with Washington. Normal people across the country are tired of zero accountability in Washington, and they are sending a message this November. I mean, we got to lighten this up. We got to lighten this up, and we've got a great story to do just that. Uh, from The Guardian, police in Spain sees $29 million, uh, in a haul of stuffed, endangered animals. Ooh. A haul of more than 1,000 specimens includes over 400 protected species from polar bears to Bengal tigers. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> the Garda Civil discovered more than 1,000 specimens in a 50,000 square meter industrial warehouse in Valencia on Wednesday. It said in a statement on Sunday. Um, some of the other protected species in here. Uh, what? I don't even know. Bengal tiger, lions, leopards, cheetahs, lynx. Uh, incredible stuff. Quite the taxidermy collection. I mean, that was a lot of work that went into that. But old timer, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of a story that we talked about last week. What story? Well, it's a story about this guy who was a famous rapper and um, at least DC famous, and famous rapper. Who, Is this Gnu? His name was Gnu, and he he wanted his friends to prop him up next to the jukebox if he died, and that's what his friends did. This is something that Joe Diffie sang about. This is something Gnu actually did, and uh, we talked about it last week. Apparently, the nightclub that got so much publicity has apologized uh, for uh, going through with his friend's request. Yeah, it says here, uh, 
quote, uh, they were never <laughs> made aware of what would transpire during a memorial service for GNU. This is at that DC nightclub bliss. Uh, so the program gets results. They, they never so knew. So they didn't know. They and didn't then know. they just all of a sudden, boom, body? Body. I, 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 don't, wow. I don't believe they didn't know. I don't believe they didn't know. I couldn't even look at it, to be honest, because I was afraid I couldn't unsee it. I, I do have a hard time believing they didn't know because the logistics of getting an embalmed body, so body everyone can see into a nightclub. Have you tried to get into a nightclub? Mm. They, I mean, they, there's, vel- while. there's velvet ropes. There's <laughs> bouncers. You're telling you're telling me you can just roll in a corpse. I don't know. How does that work? That, no, they absolutely knew. They just didn't like the publicity that came along with it. Oh, that's unbelievable. Uh, well, we have a red wave update. You love to see it. You do really do. Leading the news from the Washington or the Wall Street Journal, Democrats search for midterm vote strategy as Biden poll numbers lag. The president has touted job growth and infrastructure spending, but voters remain anxious on inflation, Ukraine, and the direction of the country. The White House has long banked on the political benefits of taming COVID-19 and overseeing strong job recovery. But as midterm campaign accelerates, President Biden has been unable to shake low approval ratings. Yikes. Yeah, it's not looking good. Not looking good for Biden. I mean, the story goes on to talk about how increasingly polls show Mr. Biden isn't giving a boost to Democrats as they face an already tough election climate. The president's attempts to highlight economic success and legislative victories have been complicated by rapid inflation and overshadowed by the challenge of responding to Russia's invasion in Ukraine. I do appreciate that the article tries to say that the economic success is something that's not debatable (laughs) you know that legislative victories is i mean where's build back better right i I, what's what's the economic success of you know five dollar gasoline yeah economic success only exists on the coast right i mean in in flyover country everybody's like man my groceries cost a lot more my gas costs a lot more i'm really not happy with how things are going in the and the newspapers interpret that as well, we need to talk to we need to talk to these people. Yeah, those people way. just don't get it. They don't know how great they have it. <laughs> just, <laughs> they need to they need to read these stats differently. Seventy one percent of voters said they believe the country was headed in the wrong direction, and sixty two percent said their family incomes were falling behind the cost of living. Republicans contend that Democrats can't outrun public frustration with inflation. No shit. Yeah, no. Even Democrats, even Democrats are fed up. I mean, to, to be honest with you, nobody believes anything they're reading in the press right now. If you if you just go a little bit further in this story, they say party enthusiasm has been dampened by months of infighting and action on key issues, and which honestly reminds me of this moment that Mayor Pete had with an interview. I don't know if you guys saw this. So he was interviewed on a show recently, and the point the the point that the the host was making is that you know a lot of a lot of black voters were promised a great deal by the Biden campaign and the Biden administration hasn't really delivered let's listen to mayor Pete you, you do realize Pete um, a lot of black people feel like democrats have kept no promises since they've been in since they've been in office really yes <laughs> mayor Pete has no idea it's, no clue. This is a guy who was made famous for tearing down more homes in black neighborhoods than any mayor in the history of our country. There's an MSNBC panel 
It says uh, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian American voters are rejecting white woke Democrats. <laughs> the quote here, Democrats are not only losing white dudes in the upper Midwest, they're losing people of color. Wow. You love to see it. I wonder if, if so much of that also has to do with like the curtain that's been pulled back on the education front for them as well. Right. I mean, everybody wants I mean, a good education for their kids. It's economy. And it's so multifaceted. Well, and the COVID stuff, right? right? It's so multifaceted why Democrats are losing. Right. Like where have voters? kids suffered the most right. with, the, with the COVID lockdowns and the masking? It's in urban areas and mm-hmm. major cities where the population tends to be more, you know, African-American, more Hispanic, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so it's not... It's not the rich white liberals in the suburbs who suffer from these policies. It's black kids. It's brown kids. So, I mean, it's not a surprise if, you know, if you think about what the last two years have been like. And the the fact that Democrats, please, I I hope they stay this way forever, but they still can't figure out why. All all they still do is lean in. Well, you heard heard Pete. He says, really? 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 I'm shocked. I'm shocked (laughs) that we kept your kids home for two years. And you're not thanking us. (laughs) And destroyed your small businesses. And now have made it too difficult for you to live. And you don't want to vote us back in again? That's so weird. Yeah. Well, it's not just black Americans and Hispanic Americans. It's It's everybody. It's independence here in the CBS News poll. Uh, not good report card here for Joe Biden on the economy. 37% approve, 63% disapprove. On inflation, 31% approve, 69% disapprove. Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this comes out of at what Hen was pointing to the last two years. You have inflation. You have poor handling of the pandemic by Democrats and by bureaucracy that people just do not trust anymore. And it leads to this new study. Did you guys see this study from the National Bureau of Economic Research? This was, of course, reported by the Daily Mail. Ah, uh, yeah, Hen, Hen Classic. Yeah, it's a Hen Classic. It's where I get all my, all my news besides the program. It's where I get all my news. So the study concluded that blue state handling of COVID was worse. It just, you know, I don't want to see anyone suffer, but it feels good to just be right, to have been right about this whole thing the whole time. Right, well, the whole time. You know, the whole time. Right, the, Every, especially because they were looking down their nose yes, at these red states calling the all time. of us crazy, calling right. all of us killers, calling right. us, you know, and then two years after, it's like, oh, actually, everything that we said right. was true I, and came to fruition and was true. Right. And now we're getting some recognition Well, I remember, being, you know, they called, this, they called DeSantis Death Santa. Yes. Uh, I remember when Georgia started to roll back some of the coronavirus restrictions, uh, there was a headline that read that Georgia was making, you know, doing an experiment in human sacrifice. That was that was the the tenor of news coverage it's, back then. So those were the headlines then. This is the study now. New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois, all blue states. They were panned by this study for their pandemic performance. Democrat governors caused quote huge death rates ruined children's studies and destroyed businesses mm. close quote that's what the study for found. no reason for no reason these people's lives were destroyed no reason at all meanwhile states that allowed residents more freedom as coronavirus swept across the country fared better places like utah nebraska vermont montana south dakota and i'm going to throw in florida because I think Governor DeSantis showed a lot of leadership oh, at a very difficult time. He was on an island. When everybody in the press 
the Democrat-fueled legacy press was attacking him on a daily basis for his leadership. These people were praised by analysts for their pandemic response. So when you look at what actually happened, when you look at the tail of the tape, the red states, people like Governor DeSantis did better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not surprised. Just, just like we predicted. You're not surprised. Just like we were saying the whole time and getting shunned by everyone in Northern Virginia. <laughs> Tides are turning. Tides are turning. Tides are turning. <laughs> Hen, do you want to give us an update on Brittany? I see oh, this in Oh, my here. goodness. Yes, I've been I've been waiting because this is really exciting news. Although, okay, I don't want to go too far into it because I do feel like we need to, you know, talk about it a little bit when Smug is here for his possible his dudes. Takes. His, his takes. His takes on dude's this. Ro- he's going to yeah. have a dude's rock take. Because I also would like to say, which we can get to when Smug is back, that Blah, blah, blah. He's, he's not. J-Lo, J-Lo and Ben Affleck are engaged. Blah, blah, blah. We saw your tweets, Smug. Dudes rock. We got it. But the news of the, the breaking news is that Britney Spears announced over Instagram that she is pregnant. And she, she said, I just have to quote the, the first couple of it. Do it. She said, I lost so much weight to go on my Maui trip only to gain it back. I thought, geez, what happened to my stomach? My husband said, no, you're food pregnant, silly. So I got a pregnancy set test and, uh, well, I'm having a baby. <laughs> wait a minute. Can, wait, if can two I, are in there, I might just lose it. Can I, <laughs> can I stop you here just because people are listening to this content and not actually looking at what she wrote? Yeah, there's a lot, of, many, yeah. Um, there's a lot of emojis okay. in there. But that's typical for how she writes her posts in case anybody's Oh, she does, yeah, she does a lot of emojis. Okay. okay. But our queen might be having a baby, which, listen... I am thrilled because... So will this be her first? No. No, what? She has two sons. Yeah. Oh, sure. okay. But okay. she had to deal with the conservatorship for so much of their growing up. I feel like maybe she can... And, she, you know, she was destroyed by the paparazzi when she had these kids when they were young. It was a large part for why, you know, she perhaps had had some issues because they were just like following her everywhere with these babies and just harassing her for being a horrible mother for... For whatever which reason, and I think that maybe she can have a baby in peace and and be with it and raise it and not be under conservatorship when she has kid. And also, I would like to point out that she calls Sam her husband. Oh wow! So everyone's also wondering if maybe she secretly got married, That's... or if she. All right, just... I gotta fill in for Smug here because <laughs> dudes do rock. That guy got the bag. He secured the bag. He did secure he the secured bag. Secured the bag. But, <laughs> but you know, but you know what? Here's the thing: if she's happy, I don't really care. No, yeah, you I know? know. Like, and and reading this, she seems very happy. She seems and very you know, happy. you know what I appreciate about this status update is no PR person wrote this. Exactly. This is the way that she feels. She that finally she has to communicate. Her, she has her life back. Yes. Good for yes, her. Yes, thank you, Duncan. Yeah. That's a great take. But also dudes rock. <laughs> Guy, guys getting picked. Well, we can talk about it more in depth another time, but I at least had to flag it for the listeners because it was really what was breaking news in Hollywood. Well, and speaking of breaking news, you talked to a very, very influential Twitter yes. account today. I talked to the one and only Libs of TikTok today. Yeah, I've been, Libs of TikTok's been blowing up. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to say for people who don't know, because I don't go into too much background in the interview because I figured people would know who she is. But for those who don't know, um, she posts on Twitter. She scrolls through TikTok, finds Libs basically... Losing their minds. Losing their minds. And curates all and that out content. And yeah. basically outing themselves for their woke crazy hypocrisy and then puts it out for the world to see and as a result you know one of her main focuses is 
is education. So she'll scroll through on TikTok, find these teachers who, in their own words, are talking about how they're educating our vulnerable children. Well, that's that's right, because, you know, we heard a lot from the media and for Dem- from Democrat politicians that, oh, gosh, CRT... CRT is something that is taught. It's a graduate level course. They teach that in college. Mm-hmm. They don't teach that to little kids. Mm-hmm. And then you see these te- 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 teachers what, on what, TikTok, what, right? What is CRT? Never heard of it. It's not real. <laughs> Nobody's ever seen it. And, then, and like, then you see it. This is how we teach CRT to kids. Yep. This is how they understand it. And they get a million likes and they're like, oh gosh, well, I should post more of this content. And it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. So she brings to light all of these different accounts and everything, she really has like drawn back the curtain even more on the indoctrination of children and education. And she's had a direct impact because the teachers in some of the school systems that um, she's, you know, that she's put on her account, there have been repercussions. Hell yeah. People have gotten fired. Like, Attorneys generals in different states have gotten involved. It's, 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 like, it's, it's important, really important work it, that she's doing. It is. It's important for these people to be on notice. You cannot groom our children. You cannot tell them things that are not true. You cannot indoctrinate them in a way that their parents would don't not be know. comfortable and with or don't even don't know. know about. You can't hide. You can't keep secrets right. from it's, parents. From right. parents. It's, 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 it's so not creepy. healthy it's, to keep secrets with a seven-year-old right. from their parents. When 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 they're on notice that that is the new reality, then that keeps them that keeps them accountable. Yeah. So she she talks about how she got started, why she did it, everything she's bringing to light, and you know she has six hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Joe Rogan's talked about her. Tucker gave her a shout out on his show. So she is on the up and up, and I'm just really excited that she agreed to come on the show and we could kind of. She doesn't really do too many interviews, yeah. so. Um, It was great to talk to her. All right. Well, let's get right to it. I want to welcome to the program somebody I am very excited to talk to. You all know her as Libs of TikTok, and she has graciously agreed to this interview today. So welcome to the show, Libs. Hi. Thanks for having me on. We're so glad to have you here. And we have a lot to cover, but um, I just wanted to get right into it. And um, to get started, I was just curious... You know, what was your professional background before you started these accounts? What were you doing and were you involved at politics at all? So I have never been in politics before I started Libs of TikTok. Uh, I had an office job not related at all to politics or to journalism or to media. Um, and then I started Libs of TikTok and obviously it changed my life. So when did you start your account? And then could you also give like a little background about what it is and what you do exactly with your account? I started it in mid-April. So it's actually just about a year now. Okay. Um, started it with zero followers, zero connections, and grew to over 600,000 followers now um, in a little bit uh, less than a year. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's incredible. Um, so what we do is basically just uh, exposing the left for what they are. Uh, so it's basically, it's mainly, you know, primary sources. So it's tick, a lot of TikToks, uh, screenshots of different things in schools. Um, we do get some, you know, insider information um, from, you know, different 
from schools or from companies, um, you know, other stuff like that. But it's, it is mainly the TikToks. Um, so I, I really believe in primary sources. Okay. So the, you know, the left, we're showing them what they're saying and there's no way for them to dispute it. So yeah, there's no way to weasel um, out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I do focus mainly on schools. There's a, a lot of other stuff also. Um, but uh, like the school stuff I think is, is the most effective. I mean, I think that a lot of people didn't really realize how, how bad it, the schools got with, with the indoctrination and the grooming. And I mean, and the left tells us constantly that it's not happening. Right. right. And they're, they're like, no, there's no grooming in schools. And it's like, well, here's a TikTok. Here is a teacher. Like she says in the video, hi, I'm a preschool teacher. And I discuss my sexuality, my sexuality and my gender with my students all the time. I mean, so you can't dispute it. Right. Absolutely. So you started it about a year ago. So, so what made you, did, were, you were you working at the same time and thinking, I'm just going to start this on the side or what made you make that leap? Yeah, I was working, um, as I said, an office job and I, I did not start it with the intention of it becoming what it has become. So I wasn't, it wasn't like a decision. Um, you know, the schools got really bad. Let me start an account that's going to expose it. I actually didn't even know myself how bad it was until, until I started doing it. Um, so it was really just for fun. Like, I mean, TikTok, I think really, it got very big in the U.S. I think during COVID. Right. Um, so that, and you know, I, I started a, l- a little bit like sort of after COVID, but um, it was around that time, you know, when, you know, a lot of people really started hearing about TikTok a lot and, you know, their users, you know, jumped a lot. And I was just like, I'll post them, you know, I'll post funny TikToks to Twitter. So it was so, just you searching the feed for however long and just saying, this is, this is good content. I'll put it up there and see how it, how it takes off. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating. So, so now, do, are you still scouring TikTok or Instagram or whatever, or is most of your information? Do you get it from DMs or people on the inside who are trying to expose their own educational system? I actually do still spend a lot of time scrolling through TikTok to find content. Um, that's that's where I got started and. And I, and I value that. And I, there's, I think there is a lot of value in showing the TikToks and what the people on the left are saying themselves. So that's something that I think is always going to be a big part of, of my brand. Um, it's also in the name. Right, <laughs> so right. <laughs> the, the TikToks, I do, I, I, people do send me some, but I definitely spend quite a bit of time scrolling TikTok myself. So what's been the most shocking thing that you've seen so far? dying to know I mean I can't I know I've, I've seen so much of what you post but I can't even imagine what you have to look at day after day <laughs> my shocking my most shocking post yeah that you can recall I mean it's gotta be and I remember watching it and like literally putting my phone away I'm like I just can't like oh, because gosh. I saw it this video and then in order to post it you know it takes a lot of time I had to watch it again, get the words. If I was going to do like a quote and, and break it down. Um, and I was just like, my brain can't handle this right now. Um, but it was the video of a professor named Alan Walker. Um, 
and he was basically saying how we have to destigmatize pedophilia. Oh gosh. And it was like a 20 minute video and I was like, Oh my God, like my brain was like melting. That <laughs> it is was wild. so bad. Did it you feel really like bad. you had to do like a mental cleanse after that one? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And, like it, and, and to, to post it originally, it took me like a few hours from when I first saw it. I'm just like, I can't because it took so much mental energy to have to watch it again. And then, you know, I had to like pull, you know, parts of the clip. I can't post a 20 minute clip to Twitter. So I had to pull certain parts of it and, and break it down. And, and it took, it took so much mental and emotional energy and, and it really, it hurt my brain. <laughs> I was going to say, does it take a toll on you just overall just having to just wade through all that content and think oh my gosh this is the stuff that's being I mean as an adult watching your feed it's strike you know it's shocking and and crazy to me and I feel like it somewhat messes with my brain and it's crazy that these are the people who are then they're saying this stuff to kids I mean I can't even imagine yeah so I mean now I started breaking like breaking down the time. So I won't spend more than like an hour at a time on TikTok. Um, I think more than that, it does actually start to really get to your brain. And for a lot of people, it's probably a much shorter amount of time, but I sort of um, figured out how to separate it from, you know, for me, when I'm, when I'm scrolling TikTok, it's more, it's kind of like I'm on a mission. So it's like I'm finding content as opposed to just for leisure. So right. I think that if someone's scrolling just for fun or cause they're bored, they'll probably have to stop after about 20 minutes. Right. I mean, it's, it's really bad. Have you been, um, you know, you, you touched on a little bit earlier, but your account just has grown wildly. Were you shocked by that success? I mean, given that it was something that you kind of started on the side, it must, it must, feel like a wild ride that you've been on absolutely and I mean I have to thank Joe Rogan for that Mm. he I think he was one of like the first people I mean I remember him giving me a shout out when I had like 65,000 followers oh wow and yeah and he I mean I probably have about 150,000 followers to thank him for Um, but he gave me a giant push and I I was shocked. I was like, Oh my God, Joe Rogan likes my account. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) And I saw that you got a shout out from Tucker recently. Yes. Yeah. That was two days ago. Yeah. Um, That was also shocking. I'm like, it's, it's so, it's so crazy to me that what I'm doing is actually reaching so many people and having such a, such a great impact. Um, and, and why why do you think that it's what do you think it is that's resonating with people? I mean, I have my own idea, obviously, but what do you think is resonating the most with people? Well, I think that a lot of people, specifically in the the school aspect of it, a lot of people didn't realize how bad it got. Mm-hmm. We and we've we've heard you know there's stories all the time of of actual um, you know pedophiles and predators in schools that you know they catch and get arrested and and whatnot Mm -hmm. um but i think that this whole uh gender ideology push and the indoctrination i think that most people didn't realize how bad it was and how big of a problem it is 
um, and it's everywhere. Yeah, that's a good point too, because I feel like unlike when, well, I'm like an older millennial, but unlike when we were coming through the schools, you know, we had textbooks and everything that we took home and our parents saw. And I don't have kids, but I have tons of nieces and nephews. And it's kind of remarkable, like they don't, they don't bring stuff home. They don't have textbooks that they're bringing home. They don't, they don't have, you know, parents don't really get a full clear picture of what the curriculum is. And even if you, if you ask and push for questions, everyone is so shady about what their kids are learning. So I think you're right. I mean, I don't think anybody had any idea what the depths were of what was being taught to their children for so long. And I think that COVID probably helped expose some of that on its own as well. Yeah. Yeah. COVID Uh, definitely helped because parents were finally able to see because, you know, the kids were doing the Zoom classes and in the house and parents were like, wait, that's your teacher. What is she talking about? It's like, what just happened to math and science? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like you said, there's no textbook. So so many, I've gotten quite a few messages from people who are like, Hey, my kid, all their classes now are through the, the school gives them like a, like an iPad thing. Yes. And she's like, so I was just going through everything that's on the iPad. And obviously it's very restricted and, and, and they do have, you know, certain things where you, that you can't access and certain things that come already installed. And, and these parents are like, I was going through the iPad and I found like all these videos that are just, you know, installed into into the the ipad or whatever it is and like these videos are really bad and it might not necessarily be in the lesson plan but the fact that these schools are giving giving this out to the kids where the kids can explore i mean it's a really big problem yeah would you say obviously i know that you obviously you have a, a large conservative following but in your interactions or in your sense of your followers do you feel like i i i would imagine it's not just conservative people who are concerned with this or who are following you like do you have a sense of you know is what you're posting kind of resonating with folks in the middle and on the left as well um yeah I think so I I I, I'm not 100% sure of the demographics of my following but I mean if if the Florida bell the parental rights and education bell showed anything it's massively popular in Florida among Republicans and Democrats. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing that a lot of Democrats, Democrat parents also are, you know, waking up and they're also against the gender ideology garbage Mm -hmm. that's being pushed on kids. So I think, and I, and I have gotten quite a few messages from people saying like, Hey, I'm not a conservative or Republican. I'm more in the center or a Democrat or even leftist. And, I, I agree with you. I don't think that these things should be taught to kids. Right. Um, you know, you have had so much success, not just in your followers, but also in, I mean, really being directly responsible for getting some of these bad actors out of the education system and really <laughs> holding some of these school systems to account. Like, how do you feel about that when you're like, oh my goodness, what I posted actually had a direct impact on something? It's something that I never expected when I first started out. And every time it happens now, it's like shocking to me all over again. I'm like, oh my God, like things are being done about this. Um, there's been quite a few teachers actually got fired um, because of what I posted, which I have mixed feelings about because it is 
it's not easy to be the one responsible for that, for right. someone losing their job. On the other hand, I mean, these people, they're, some of them are literally evil and they're grooming kids. <laughs> so right. like, I'm just going to say it outright and they should not be in schools. They shouldn't, they should not be teachers. And it's really good that they're not teaching anymore. Um, but to be the one responsible for that, it's, it is a little bit hard, hard for me, but I think it, it has to be done. Yeah. A little mixed bag, but I think the result is definitely, definitely worth it for the sake of the kids. 100%. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we touched on this a little bit before, but just with with all the things that you have to see on a daily basis, I would love to know, like, do you feel hopeful <laughs> for our for our collective future here, given kind of all the madness that you see and post about? Do you feel like, you know, we, we still have a fighting chance for this next couple of generations? Yeah, uh, 100% we do. Um, specifically, um, I, I guess the interview has been focusing on the schools. So specifically in the, in the school aspect, I think we definitely have a chance. Um, we saw major wins last November for conservatives being elected to school boards. And I think we're going to see a massive red wave this November um, in not just, you know, the national elections, but even in small local elections and, and, and in school boards. And there are, you know, now there are, some organizations that are working on getting conservatives elected to school boards. And mm. I think we will, I think we're going to retake a lot of school boards and they're going to clean up the curriculums. They're going to clean up the schools and the staff. And I think that we definitely have a chance there. Well, let's fingers crossed. I'm hopeful as well. Yeah, we, ha- <laughs> we have to, we, I mean, we really have no choice, honestly. <laughs> we have, yeah, we exactly. have to win. So um, outside of education, just really quickly, outside of education, what are some of the other main topics that you like um, that you post about or uh, that you kind of find most interesting or, or could be most impactful? So I post a lot about the LGBTQIABCD, I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> community. Um, I post a lot about about that Mm -hmm. I think um you know a lot of people are a lot of it is based off of narcissism and I'm seeing a lot of TikToks of these people you know they have a hundred labels and they're demanding that you know society has to has to sort of give in to you know their delusions and and whatever they feel they are um, and all their labels, not just pronouns, but they have something called micro labels where someone could literally have like 20 labels, hmm. um, and it could change daily. It, it does change. So you have to, so they're demanding that we constantly keep up with it. Um, and, and we adhere to it. And, um, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's garbage. It's, <laughs> we, I mean, it, it went, they went way too far and I don't think we should I don't think we should give into it. I think we have to keep calling it out yeah. for the insanity that it is. Fascinating. Um, well, before I get to our last three questions, I actually have my most important question here for you. From one big Twitter account to another, do you have any tips for Smug on how he can increase his following? Because last I checked... <laughs> You had a quite a bit more followers than he did. 
So I wanted to see if you had any words of wisdom for how Smug could possibly um, increase his followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I love Smug. I mean, he always has the best takes on everything. <laughs> he will like, love to hear that, he just, no doubt. Like, shoots out, he just like shoots out these tweets, and I'm just like, every single one is just like brilliant. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that a lot of it is, you know, just, just keeping and which I'm sure he does. I mean, he's great. I'm sure he'll grow his following a lot, but just keeping in tune with like, what are people talking about now? So uh, like a lot of my posts is like, like I I have some stories that I've just been sitting on for a while and it's just like, it's not the right time right now because you know, other things are going on. So it's like, I'm not saying that I changed my, I don't change my views based on what's going on, but I just change the type of content that I'll post at a specific time. Smart. Very smart. Did you have like a lot of like in your, I I mean, I don't want to get too personal, but was social media like your thing before, you know, or have you kind of learned as you've gone along? I actually never had a social media account at all ever personally or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I had like a, I think I had an Instagram account at one point that was private that I posted on maybe like once a year, but I was never into, I was never really into it. I was not into social media. I've never had a Facebook account. Um, I've never had a Twitter account. I just, I just wasn't into it. Wow. Well, fascinating how successful you have been at managing and maneuvering that world. So congrats to you on that. Thank Um, you. Okay, so just to quickly wrap up, we have three questions that we ask every guest. So, and I have to say, the minions do pay attention to your answers here. As Josh likes to say, (laughs) there are no wrong answers. There are just inauthentic answers. So um, first one, last meal on earth, what would it be for you, Libs of TikTok? I could have one last meal. It would probably be like, a heaven juicy steak. Yes. How yeah. would you like it cooked? Okay, I'm gonna lose a lot of. <laughs> I'm gonna lose some followers for this, but it has to be well done. Listen, I'm I'm medium well. I'm kind of right there with you. I, okay, I'm, I'm here I'm, for that. I'm well done. Like no no pink. No I pink at all. Steak. Okay, I no. get that. I get that. Sometimes if it's a little pink, it grosses me out. So I I understand that. Yeah. Maybe Maybe other their women listeners will understand that as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> Whenever someone writes that on Twitter, they get like ratio. <laughs> Listen, Foldy, who sometimes comes on the program, is a vegan. He doesn't eat any meat. So I think he's the ultimate loser there. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Second question. What would you be doing if you could be doing anything? Like if you weren't doing what you're doing um, with libs of TikTok and everything like that, and this could be you know, anything. Senator Cruz said that he would be an NBA player. So if you could be doing anything in the world that you would want to be doing, what would it be? Hmm. Um, I think I would love to be one of those like travel bloggers. They Uh, get, they travel the world and they get sponsored by all the hotels and other companies and they get and they just travel the entire world like for free yes and i think i would love to be one of those do you have a place on your list that you would like to travel to first um i have a couple places i think my first would be 
Well, I have traveled a lot. I've been to quite a few countries. I love traveling. Um, but I think that a place that I've never been to that's high up on my list is probably Japan. Yes, me too. Libs of TikTok <laughs> and Ruthless Unite, we're going to Japan. Yes, we're going. Um, Let's go. I'm my, <laughs> well, some of my friends went there somewhat recently and said it was just amazing. They had very high things to say about it. So um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it looks incredible. I've heard great feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last question, which sometimes comes with a little bit of an explanation here, but in what you're doing, what motivates you more, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? And this is, I mean, everybody wants to win, but is is what motivates you winning or is what motivates you the thought of losing is too painful? So you have to keep that you have to keep going. I think the thought of victory motivates me a lot more. Okay. Thrill of victory. Are you asking like in regards to my account or yeah. me personally? Yeah. It's in regards to your account. Yeah. Well, the thing with my account is that if it's a massive fail and I get defeated, um, then I could just move on with life and no one knows who I am and it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, no, in general, um, you know, even if, even if I did share my, personal information I think in general the thrill of victory motivates me a lot whenever whenever we have a big victory through my account um like a you know a crazy groomer teacher being fired it really fires me up a lot and then I'm like okay this is amazing and I go out and post another you know bombshell story and I'm just like so motivated to go post the best content ever gosh well Listen, it's amazing to watch you do what you do and it's amazing to watch your success and to see, you know, the direct impact you're having and how much you're opening the eyes of so many to what's really going on in our schools and other places. So um, it's very impressive to watch. And if people do want to follow you or, you know, support you where I know obviously you're on libs of TikTok, they can follow you at that handle. Um, is there anything else? I, I believe I saw that they can subscribe to one of your email lists now. Is that right? Yeah. So I just need a newsletter, um, a newsletter because okay. I'm hoping to be putting out some more like detailed stories. Okay. Um, you know, it's a little bit restricting with social media, you know, really giving more explanation and some, some back background to a specific story. So um, I did, la- I did just launch a newsletter. Haven't put out any issues yet, but working on the first one. Okay. Um, so it's if you right in my on my profile, if you go on it, there's a big um there's a big button there that says subscribe to newsletter. So Okay, perfect. There's that and I'm on all social media, Instagram, um, all social medias, lives of TikTok. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. It's been fascinating chatting with you and hearing more about what you do. Um, and keep in touch. If you ever have a good story that you want to break on Ruthless, come back. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's been really nice. And tell Smug I'm a huge fan of his. I will. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Well, that was great. Yeah. That was great. She's great. Thanks again, Libs of TikTok, for coming on. And let us know if you ever have. I told her, I was like, if you ever have anything else you want to break on the show. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to come back. Yeah, she breaks a lot of news. I know, she does. And she it's a real driver of the conversation. Real real citizen journalism. It is. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, Duncan. Well, I think this was uh, 
to quote our friend Smug, who's not here, a real banger of a program, if yeah. I do say so myself. It was incredible. Hen, why don't you take us out? All right. Another banger of an episode, folks. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless. <laughs>